right. Do you know that you're loved? Good, good. Are you awake? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's one, what, 14 outside today? Let's, let's just slow everything down in the summer. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. Um, good stuff. Matthew 6. I'm going to try to fly through this, but the Lord has a word for us today. My mic is on wrong, but that's okay. We're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. The Lord's Prayer, we've been in Matthew 6. Uh, last week, we're going to continue through the month of July just soaking in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, if you're able, would you stand this morning? Would you stand? Let's wake up a little bit. Jesus says this. He's referring to the Gentiles just before this verse, those who don't know God, those who don't have an understanding of who God is. And he says this in verse 8 of Matthew chapter 6. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. Now, we talked about that last week, but Jesus is actually going to say this again. We're going to look at this. Verse 9, therefore, knowing this, pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the verse we're going to focus on today right here, church. We're going to read actually a lot of scripture, but this is the verse we're going to zero in on. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Is your heart open? Are your ears open? This is the word of the Lord, church. If, if I'm speaking my words, may they fall flat. But if this is the word of the Lord, wake up your soul this morning. There's something we need to hear. Father, we just acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence in this place, which is just incredible and um lord we're not trying to make you know we're not trying to make an emotional experience we're not trying to conjure up some kind of you know excitement god we just want to acknowledge and understand the your reality what you declare to be true and that the god of all the universe indwells his people is mind-blowing and so lord may that blow our minds a little bit lord give us your word this morning a, a quicken us lord to hear it to receive it that we might grow in you, that we might be aligned with your design, Lord. We love you. Give us alertness and awakeness, a supernatural awakeness this morning as, as many of us are tired, Lord, and ready for a nap. So would you, would you awaken us, Lord, to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and be seated, church. All right, so we're talking about daily bread, right? We're all familiar with, a lot of us, most of us are familiar with this, right? Um, part of the Lord's prayer has been kind of lost to this ancient kind of poetry category in our minds and we don't really stop and think a lot about what is this actually saying what does this actually mean so I hope we can uncover um, not that we need to uncover that we can see the richness in this passage but for a lot of us this idea of daily bread just feels really disconnected from our reality because for a lot most of us I'd say in our culture is we probably have a week's worth of daily bread in the pantry at home right now and so saying, God, give me this day our daily bread seems absolutely unnecessary and even silly. Does it not? And so I think to understand this verse as we should, we need a new perspective. We need a new way of seeing church. And I think because remember, this, this Lord's Prayer has a context to it. Jesus is smack dab in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount 
where he is going at the heart, he is going at the perspective of his culture in that day, and he is flipping things upside down. He is just dropping bombs right and left, blowing their minds with these things where he's like, hey, you think this is how it is? It's actually this. And so Jesus uses a lot of hyperbole and a lot of exaggeration. You know, at one point, he's, he's going to say, hey, if your hand's causing you to sin, cut it off, right? We know this. Well, we also know from Scripture that your hand doesn't cause you to sin. Jesus says your heart causes you to sin, so why would I cut off my hand? But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. This is how intensely you need to deal with sin, right? So that's an example of what Jesus is doing here. So he's going to say some things that sound extreme to us, but what it is meant to do is get at our heart and our mind and change the way we see church. So I want to go to the kind of the end of this chapter. Um, we're going to read verses 22 through 34. And stay with me here. I wish I could just, I was, you know, as I was studying and working through it this week, I wanted to just stop and commentate all along the way as we read this, but I think that's going to take too long. And I want to save some time for, for us to pray today, um, not just talk about prayer. But I hope the Lord will, um, will just awaken our eyes to see this right here. This is the new perspective that we need, church, to rightly understand this. Verse 22, Jesus says, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is clear... Your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unclear, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Church, you cannot serve God and money. Or as the King James puts it, mammon, right? The stuff of this earth. The stuff that our flesh craves. You cannot serve both. It doesn't work. For you will either hate the one, love the other, or hold to the one and despise the other. Therefore I say to you, how's this for crazy? Take no thought about your life. Church, look at me. Stop thinking about your life. Just stop. Just stop. Just let it all go for a minute. Take no thought about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or for your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? He goes down to the basics. He just says, look, stop even thinking about this stuff. Food and clothes. Like, just stop. Look at the birds of the air, for they do not sow, nor do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? That's a rhetorical question. Who among you, by taking thought, can add a cubit to his stature? You can't even grow yourself. It's out of your control. Why take thought about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work. They don't spin. They're not out there with sewing machines. You know, fashioning their petals. They're just there. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not dressed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is here and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, those who don't know God, that's what they seek after. For your heavenly Father knows 
that you have need of all these things. There's that verse again. God knows that you need all these things. Church, all that stuff you're thinking about, God knows that you have needs. He is not ignorant. He is not saying, that doesn't matter to me. He says, no, I know that you have needs. I know that you have needs. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, they'll be given to you. Therefore, take no thought. So you're not taking, we're not even thinking about, we're not even thinking about our lives. And then he says, take no thought about tomorrow. He says, and by the way, don't even think about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take thought about the things of itself. Sufficient to the day is the trouble thereof. Oh, this is good. Man, I should have stopped worship earlier. This is good. We need to soak in this right here. So he's saying these things. And I don't know about you. In the past, when I have read through the Sermon on the Mount, it feels like a lot of disconnected things that Jesus is just throwing out there. He's talking about the eye being the light of the body. And then he's talking about you can't serve two masters. And then he's like, yo, look at the birds. You're like, Jesus, what? What's going on here? So, so the way I understand this, because this is very important, because it is all connected, church. And this right here has a lot to do with verse 11, which we're going to look at. Give us this day our daily bread. To understand what we're praying, we need to understand the perspective that Jesus has. He says, look, the eye, this is how I'm going to understand this passage. Maybe some scholars will disagree with me, but this is the best I can understand this due to the context. The eye, the way I perceive reality. It is going to influence and determine the way I live. It is the light of the body. So if your eye is unclear, if you are misperceiving reality as it is, if you are not understanding things as they are, you will not live accordingly. You will not live according to, to life accurately. You will be living in an unclear way. And that's when he says, you cannot serve two masters because a lot of you, your eyes are unclear in here because you're serving, you're trying. You're trying to serve two masters. But what happens is you keep going here to this one or this one, right? Sundays I'm with God and then here I'm, I'm pursuing my career. I'm, I'm making moves. I'm doing this, which, which that's not bad, but it's when, remember, this is perspective. This is heart. This isn't even so much about what we're doing as about the way we're doing it, the way we're thinking. Are you with me? Are you with me? Just every once in a while, I'm just going to like, open your eyes. Stop falling asleep. You cannot serve two masters. And that's why he says, okay, here's, here's the way I want you to live. Stop thinking about your life. Which just to the world sounds utterly insane. And then he says, just stop. Do you guys see this? Look at these birds. I love this. So on staff meetings, um, every Monday we have staff meeting here in the front of 103. And we have designated where our chairs are at the table. And anytime I try to change them, the staff just doesn't like it at all. So they just, we end up sitting exactly the same place every week. And my chair is directly facing out these big windows towards the reservoir, right? And so in the middle of a meeting, Nick might ask me, he's like, Hunter, what's your opinion on this? What do you think of this? And I'm just like, what? I'm just totally zoned out, right? Or I'll be like, hey guys, I, I, uh, I have no idea what we're talking about right now. Can you, can you fill me in, right? And they're all saying, well, Hunter's watching the birds again. 
Because that's, I don't know, it's just, I'm out there, and I'm just kind of like looking out those windows. And so that's, that's not exactly what we're talking about today, church. But we could, we could, and it might do us well to all move out of here real quick, go into the lobby, and just look out at the reservoir. We're going to see some geese. We're going to see some pigeons on top of that light post. I see them all the time. I'm very familiar with the ecosystem across the street. And Jesus says, I want you to notice something very specific about the birds. He doesn't say they don't work. He says that about the grass and the flowers. He says, no, 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 birds are busy most of the time. B birds are busy at work. They're like collecting, they're building a nest, they're getting food, they're feeding their young, they're flying here, flying there, right? Birds are busy. But he, he says very specifically, they don't sow, they don't reap, and they don't gather into barns. Birds have no concept of tomorrow. They have this moment today, and that's what they're living in. They're gathering food, right? And, and, and this is what's awesome. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. If we were to go out and look across the street, we would see God feeding birds. Does that sound childish to you? Does that sound naive? Because that's the word. Our Father feeds the birds. Though they're hard at work doing this, doing that, right? It's your Father who provides. He says, this is the new perspective I need you to have, right? And, it, and again, we want to be careful here because I'm not saying, hey, ne we're never, Jesus doesn't say never think about the future, right? Remember, there's this hyperbole and exaggeration here to get a point across about something because Proverbs and in other passages, we're told to be good stewards of what we have, to plan, to be wise, to prepare, right? I mean, our hope is not today. Our hope is in Jesus coming back, right? So, so there's this little bit of a, I wouldn't say, contradiction is a hard word, right? But Jesus is trying to communicate something very specific. When he says, look, birds, what is it when they sow, when you sow seed, right? You're not going to get that food today. When you gather into barns, you're not gathering so you can eat today, right? It's all about the future. It's all about six months, nine months from now, I'm going to get that. And Jesus says, here's how I want you to live. I want you to live like I'm going to feed you today. I want you to live like I know what your needs are today. And then he talks about the flowers, something similar. And for a lot of us, we're not interested in food and clothes, right? It's just, it's right here whenever we need it. I mean, we got a billion stores we could go to to get whatever clothes we want. You got online stores. I mean, we got, we got it all, right? Food. Like how many restaurants are around here, right? But Jesus boils it down to the necessities. And if he's going to boil it down to food and clothes, then why the heck? are we going to be worried about all these other things? Because some of you are so fixated on, man, you know, how, am I, how are we going to, you know, plan for this, you know, I got retirement, or how am I going to make a family? How am I going to get a spouse? How am I going to, you know, provide for my children to get this kind of a life? Or, you know, whatever it is, right? Which the world just, it's, it's just assumed, of course. But Jesus says, that's what I'm telling you. Stop assuming that you have tomorrow. Am I enough for you today? Am I enough for you today, church? And man, I'd love, I'm not even going to look at it because I know I'm just going to keep talking too long. Now let's, let's just go back to this idea. Man, no, I'm going to, too late. I looked at it. <laughs> but seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? This is what's funny. He's like, Jesus is like, this is, I want you to trust me today. And here's what I want you to do. Stop seeking all this other stuff. Seek my kingdom and my righteousness. And to a lot of us, it just, it's just unappealing. It's just like, that's just like this weird kind of like ethereal, what does that mean? Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why is that worth seeking? And this is the new perspective, church. 
This is where we need to realize, okay, I'm, I need to change. My mind needs to change. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not getting what Jesus is saying here. Because what happens is all these things will be added to you, and when they're added, you will no longer need them. It will not be this thing of, well, I should say your heart will no longer need them. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, these things will come, right? This provision, these worries that you have, these things that you're concerned about, they'll be taken care of, but it'll be almost like this side note. Like, oh, that's cool, God took care of that. Oh, that's cool, God did that. Oh, look, he provided here. But you're not necessarily concerned and worried and anxious about it anymore because you're seeking something better. Do you understand what I'm saying? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Take no thought of tomorrow. Oh, I love this, man. Jesus says, I am not asking you to take care of tomorrow's troubles. I'm not asking you to to address tomorrow's concerns. How many of us do this, though? This is is what we do. We're thinking about tomorrow, right? And, And on the other side of that, a lot of us, we can have happiness and a sense of security today because we're hoping in something in the future. I do this all the time where I'm like, ah, today doesn't really have anything exciting going on or anything that, you know, seems fulfilling. Oh, but I know this weekend or I know, right? That's just kind of human nature, I think, a lot of times. And I think that's such a sad way to live because Jesus says, look at the birds. You're missing something. You're missing me today. You're missing me today. Would you just trust me today? Would you let go of tomorrow? Would you trust me today? Because when you can get in a place where you trust God today, then you have the perspective and the heart to start thinking about tomorrow. Man, that should have been in quotes or something right there. That was good. I'm going to try to say that again, right? When you have the heart and perspective that is resting in God today, then, then you're able to deal with tomorrow. You're able to plan You're able because your heart is not in this neediness of, oh, I need this to happen. I need to find fulfillment here. I need to achieve this form of success. I need to get to this point in my life. I I wish, I I mean, you gotta make this specific for you, church. Are you getting this in your life? Because I don't think it's just me. So let's go now to our one verse, right? And I wanna break this down word by word and it's not gonna take long because there's only a few words here. So now we come to verse 11, and hopefully we have more of a perspective. And the first word is give. So when we're addressing God, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give. Not pay. Not pay me what I I am owed. Pay me what I deserve. Pay me what I'm entitled to. Give. Because God is the one who gives. Church, we are not entitled to provision. We are not entitled to provision. We have needs, but that doesn't mean that God owes us anything. God, you better take care of it. No, no, God takes care of our needs because he's a generous father, because of who he is, not because of who we are. And so we're, when we're asking, we're also acknowledging something that you are the giver, Lord. You are the one who gives, but not just me, not just I, but give us. Give us this day our What is the voicing here? It is we, church. And yes, um, you know, individuals with couples and families, right? We, but I think more and more, if I could put more emphasis on, it's us, the, the children of God. We are praying this together. 
It's not just about my needs anymore. It's about, Lord, our needs. Because what is the verse before this? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. It is about, we are praying about the kingdom. So, Lord, give us what we need to live in your kingdom and to see your will be done. Give us this day, this day. The next words, okay? I'm moving really fast here. So we got give, next screen, Lucas. Bam, next screen. This day, this day. Church, this is the only day you have. You don't have yesterday. You don't have tomorrow. You have today. We don't even have this afternoon. We have this moment right now. Is God enough in this moment for you? Or are you like, ah, Lord, I still, ah, if, if only this would happen, you know, if only I just, I could pass this test here and, you know, then I would feel this sense. I just, I, I thought of that because I remember like when I, you know, when I'm going to take my driver's test, you know, way back in the day, a decade or something ago. It's kind of this sense of like, man, I can't have peace until I know the result of this. And God's like, no, you can. You can right now. I am enough for you. This day, Sunday, July 11th is the only day we have, church. Can God be enough for you today in this moment? And then lastly, right, the iconic daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, what is daily bread? What is it? Is it simply food today? Is it simply the physical of what Jesus was talking about, clothes and food? I think that's definitely, it involves that, definitely. But I think actually the Apostle Peter gives us a clear definition of, of how to define daily bread in 2 Peter 1.3. He says this, God's divine power, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Peter says, look, God has given us everything we need, everything that pertains, everything that has to do with your life and living your life in a godly way. Church, I think that's daily bread. It, it's coming to a place where I'm saying, Lord, I believe that, that you are able to give me, and, and, and Peter talks past tense, has given us, right? We're going to talk about that distinction in a minute here but daily bread church is that which we need to to bear fruit to be at peace to have joy in the holy spirit it is that which we need to do the will of god and that's probably going to involve you know some chilies after church or some whatever right it's probably going to involve some physical sustenance and, and we have this misconception, right, that if I trust God, he's going to call me to live on bread and water, you know, once or twice a week. And I know it's out there, but that's where my mind will sabotage itself sometimes, where it's like, no, God's going to call me to something miserable. No, no, if God called you to that, you would know he called you to that because you have joy and peace in that. There's never a point where you, where we are unable to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. There's never a point where we are unable to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So if we're in a moment where it's like, God, I can't have peace right now. You know what you do? You say, give us this day our daily bread. Because you need some, man, why is it the fruit? It's the bread of the Spirit. No, no, but like we need some, we need some daily fruit, some daily bread. We need some sustenance in that moment of, Lord, I don't know how to love this person today. 
I don't know how to take care of this situation. I don't know how to, how to face this project that I've been procrastinating, but I know you've called me to this. Church, God has called us to live lives, all right? When he says, take no thought about your life, take no thought about tomorrow, he's not saying, okay, let's just, you know, let's just all go live by the river and just chill, you know, like a bunch of hippies. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, your heart, your perspective is not tied to your productivity, what you have. You are not in control of your life. You are not the one who provides for you. I am. I am your father. Will you trust me? And so God has called us to live lives, church. He's called us to work jobs. He's called us to raise families. He's called us to interact and engage with human beings. And you know what all that involves? It involves provision. It involves needs. Needs come along with that. And Peter says, look, God has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. So when we're saying, give us this day our daily bread, we're asking, but we're also acknowledging something, that Lord, you are the giver, and you've already made this possible. And I am coming in faith, saying, Lord, you will give me what I need today. That's why Peter says he's already given it to us. So when we pray, we say, Lord, may I receive, may I experience May I understand and experience the provision that you have made possible today, that you have given. Lord, I am not feeling this right now. Would you provide it? I believe that you will provide it. I believe that you have provided it because God, we're, in, we're finite and God is infinite. So when we, when we are engaging God in prayer, there's a little bit of a disconnect because he is so awesome. He sees before we have the provision and after we have the provision. So to God, there's maybe not a lot of difference there. But he wants, he says, come to me. Come to me. I want you to ask. And I was reading Genesis. I've been reading Genesis. And, uh, and I love it because I saw this yesterday. When Abraham is like arguing with God. Not arguing, but he's like, God's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and God just, he doesn't, he doesn't get tired of Abraham. Because Abraham's like, Lord, if there's 50 righteous people there, will you still destroy it? How about 45? How about 40? I'm sorry, I shouldn't ask this. How about 35? How about 30? And as you're reading it, you're like annoyed. You're like, what is this? Like, what, what is this? What are you doing, Abraham? But you don't see that in God. God is just like, yeah. Yeah. You're getting to know me, Abraham. Keep asking. Keep asking. And so your father invites you. He says, no, I've got you. Do you trust me for today? Ask, my child. Ask. And again, this doesn't mean that, okay, we're never going to think about or pray about anything in the future. Because what does Peter say in 1 Peter, right? Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. God knows. So that's what I want us to do for prayer today, church. With the time that we have left, uh, Red, Debbie, where are you guys at? Could you, could you, could you join us? Uh, could you join me on the platform? I'd love for you guys to just open us up in prayer and share anything the Lord's put on your heart. Um, last week, we kind of prayed with our mouths, right, out loud, I was encouraging us to pray. Uh, today, I want us to, to more reflect and commune with God in our hearts silently. And I want to continue, if we can, in the prayers of last week, right, because, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done, and I'd love to pray that specifically. Oh, come on up, guys. I'd love to pray that specifically for those of us in our, those that we know in our lives that don't know Jesus, right, and there's going to be some requests on the screen, but before we pray that, if all you do today is just sit with the Lord 
and say, God, would you cause me, would you, would you change my perspective so that I can receive daily bread from you today and for that to be enough? And that you would begin to cast your cares on the Lord and say, Lord, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm concerned about. Here's why I'm struggling to just like stop thinking about tomorrow or stop thinking about my life and what I need to do and, you know, who I need to please and, you know, what I want to become. And that you would just start to commune and be honest with the Lord. Is that possible, church? Can we do that? And I think if you can then get to a place where the Lord gives you peace with receiving and accepting daily bread, then I would encourage you to, to pick up where we left off last week, right? With the same thing. Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And specifically today, last week we kind of focused more on a bigger scale of you know, nation, city, state. But today I'd love for us to focus on, man, our, our friends, neighbors, coworkers, relatives who don't know Jesus and saying, Lord, let your kingdom come in their life. Let your will be done in their life. But, but if you can't get there today because you are just trying to understand and sitting in and, and getting to a place where you can just receive daily bread from the Lord, then that's fine. Take your time. We're not in a hurry this morning, church. Just to slow down and sit with the Lord and say, God, show me what this means in my life. Amen? And Red and Debbie are gonna pray. And after that, I just want us to go for a prayer, uh, go to prayer for, for a little bit. So uh, yeah, go for yeah. it, bro. Debbie has something she wants to share and then I'll share something and then we'll have a moment. Awesome, yeah. And feel free to just leave the mic there when you're done. So thank you guys. Good morning. Um, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Um, I'm hoping we break a record for temperature today. If we're going to be that hot, let's break a record, right? So um, this morning as I was praying, um, the Lord laid a song on my heart that I hadn't really thought about in a very long time. And um, I think we often carry so many burdens and things to the Lord, and it can bring us to a place where we're maybe a little weary over it. And um, maybe you've had something that you have felt that way about. And so the Lord put this song in my heart, and I thought, I'm not going to sing it, but I thought I would share the words with you because it really is so true. It kind of just resembles a lot of what Hunter talked about today, how we have to go to God and ask for provision. And the song says, O soul, are you wearied and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There is light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So I don't know what you're carrying this morning. I'm not sure um, how you're feeling about things, but turn your eyes on him because he can help you with anything. And if you don't know him as Savior today, oh, make that decision. Let him be your Lord and Savior. Um, he has so much for you. And I know Red and I both feel the same way about if there's anything that we could do for you, um, we'd love to do that today. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then Red's going to pray. Okay, he has something to say too. So anyways, for the last uh, several weeks, we have been going through the Psalms, and uh, particularly 119. And, you know, David, of course, was a man after God's own heart. And I uh, just wanted to share just a little bit um, about what we learned here this last week. And with David, uh, he cried with his whole heart. And how often do we cry out to the Lord with, with needs that we have? And that we are a needy people, and we have so many different needs at so many different times. 
but he cried out that he would keep his statutes. Um, in 146, he says that he would keep thy testimonies. In 147, he says, I hoped in thy word. And when we're talking about daily bread, give us this day our daily bread. You know, it reminds me that Jesus, who is the bread of life, and, um, and that he said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. So that type of bread, you know, we have that physical bread, but that spiritual food is what the word of God wants to do and give in our hearts and as we trust Christ with it. So I'm going to let Debbie pray, and then I will pray after her. Let's pray. Oh, precious Jesus. This morning, would you be so near to us, God? Many in this room are carrying heavy burdens, Lord, that only you can take from them. And God, as we go to prayer asking for uh, the many needs, the salvation of friends and family, the encouragement along the way, dear Lord, turn our eyes to you, Lord. Help us to see that, God, you are our provision. God, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. God, we look to you. God, you are a sea of joy. Lord, help us to see that in the things that we do. And God, as we sang this morning, God, let you be our everything. Lord, some of us, we don't even know really what that means sometimes, God, but would you let that be the desire of our heart. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for the opportunity to be in your house here this morning, God, to worship you, to praise you, Lord. You are worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. God, you tell us that the heavens declare your handiwork. Lord, you are so majestic. And, uh, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to your throne of grace to find mercy and help in our time of need. And thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. And, Lord, that uh, you can renew our minds daily as we spend time with you in it. God, it's a lamp to the feet. Uh, Lord, you tell us that uh, it's inspired. The word is inspired. It's given, profitable for uh, teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. But God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, just the opportunities to uh, just be used by you in, whichever, in whatever way you want to use us. But Lord, uh, we want to give you... Uh, uh, you say, if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men to yourself. Lord, we want to lift Jesus up today. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would bless us as we go our separate ways here this morning. Thank you for the word that was, uh, we heard this morning, that it would encourage our hearts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 